Welcome to another Astros podcast. And greetings from Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium in Jupiter, Florida, where today the Houston Astros continue Grapefruit League play, taking on the Miami Marlins. Astros tied with the Mets yesterday in West Palm Beach. Justin Verlander and Forrest Whitley each with two perfect innings in their outings. Verlander starting the game as the Astros have their first tie of the spring. It's time for today's pitching matchup brought to you by Houston Methodist, the official health care provider for the Houston Astros, Houston Methodist leading medicine. We're certainly looking forward to year two with the Astros for Garrett Cole. He's making his first spring outing today. Turned into one of the best pitchers in baseball last year. Slots in right behind Justin Verlander for 1A and 1B at the top of the rotation. So just probably an inning today for Garrett Cole, but we're going to see some great stuff. Meanwhile, Dan Straley going For the Marlins, former Astros, saw some time with the Astros in 2015. And since leaving the Astros, he's really uh, blossomed a couple of good seasons with the Marlins. Yeah, he does. And he flashed it as an Astro from time to time. Great movement on his two-seam fastball. Can move the ball around pretty well. Throws his off-speed pitch uh, in fastball counts. So very serviceable pitcher in Dan Straley. Keys to the game brought to you by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Official sponsor of the Houston Astros. you know, looking forward to continuing to see these pitchers first outing, first outing or two. Maybe don't want to evaluate too much. A.J. No. Hinch has talked about that, but just want to see them just kind of get their spring training started. Yeah, and for us, it's just to get a chance to, like a Wade Miley we'll see today, just to see their stuff and how it yeah. plays. We, we heard that he picked up the cut fastball last year, so he, he can crowd right-handed batters with that as a lefty. Uh, but I'm looking forward to a few guys that we're going to see today. Coming up next, we'll hear from Ronnie Dawson who's in camp for the first time, second-round pick of the Astros, but now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that goodbye into the Landry's Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh-inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. Well, having a conversation with outfield prospect Ronnie Dawson here in spring training. And, Ronnie, I just want to ask you, you were a second rounder in 2016. How much pressure have you put on yourself kind of coming through the organization? And what have you learned, man? This is a very progressive organization. Yeah, um... I would say at the beginning, first like short season and that first um, half season of the, four, of the full season, mm-hmm. I put a lot of pressure on myself. Did you? A lot of pressure, and it was just I wanted to produce. You know, just being competitor that I am. Sure. Like, you know, I was fortunate enough that the Astros drafted me second round, so I was like, man, I got to produce right away. Yeah. And then put all that pressure and. You know, I struggled that short season. I don't know what I hit, like 215. You're just not being yourself, right? Right. So, I mean, that's the biggest thing. That's what I learned. But that time, that um, short season, that um, first half of the full season was the best thing that happened to me because it made me, you know, step back and realize, like, you know, okay, you don't got to figure it out. Now let's listen. Like, you know, step back, listen, and Mm -hmm. go back to the basics and, seek help and stuff like that right. like don't try to be like okay do, do it all yourself you know that's the biggest thing so let yeah. me ask you this uh-huh. how, how miserable do you make yourself when you try to play that way because oh, this man, is about the worst. having fun exactly and that's how you produce and that's what I, the biggest change for me is like i had to kind of find myself outside of baseball and um realize man, I'm, a, I'm a i'm a clown i'm a clown you know mm-hmm. i'm a cornball and yeah 
realize that, I mean, you know, I try to hide it sometimes. It's like, man, that's me. And once I realize that outside of baseball and apply it to baseball, you know, I can relax. And like yeah. you said, it's just all about being yourself, you know, whatever that is, you know, goofy, ser- you know, whatever that is, you yeah. got to be yourself. And There's a time and a place, right? Right, exactly. There's time and place for everything, you know. I, I'm the biggest, I'm a believer in, you know, if you do the work, you can do it high, actually, like however you want, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I, I put in the work, I do everything I'm right. supposed to do, you know, do the extra reps so I can, like, you know, have fun and goof off. But right. if I don't do that stuff, it's not time for, you know, goofing off. You have an interesting skill set in the, in the sense 16 homers and two stops last year mm-hmm. and 35 stolen bases. So, yeah. you know, when you combine those things, and I'm sure you think that there's more to that ceiling as far as oh, those yeah. power numbers go in, in the bags and everything, mm-hmm. uh, what do you want to improve on right now? Everything, man. Okay. This is this nothing that I don't. If I can, what do you need to improve most on? Um, for me, it's just being consistent. Okay. No, I think my whole thing was with the last – I was always, I'm a, I was really streaky. Okay. Um, the end of like each year, the um, short season, probably my last 15, 20 games, turned it on. Probably hit like three something, 300 something. My second half of my first um, full season hit like 340. Same thing with last year. Like go up to Double A, you know, I hit going to fall league, I hit. So it's like. What does that tell you then? What, what can you take from that? Just, you know, as I put a lot of pressure on myself at the beginning of this okay. year, you know. Because Bregman does the same thing. He gets right. off to slow starts. Uh-huh. So, and then, no, so to me, it's like being consistent. Okay. And if you can be consistent year in, year out, like just not having that, not having those high and lows, mm-hmm. you know, everything, just trust the work that you're putting in. Yeah. No matter what, I, I can be happy, you yeah. know, good or bad. Because you know you're, you're gonna have your bat, especially in baseball. You're gonna have your bat and be able to, like, be able to be okay with that. That's the biggest thing. Because you're gonna have it, but just trust the work that you're putting in, and the game, the game knows. If you're putting in the right work, it will reward you. Yeah. Talking to Ronnie Dawson, the outfield prospect for the Astros. Uh, Got to ask you this one last thing. Uh-huh. Uh, you were a bat boy for the AAA Columbus. Yeah team and that had the Cleveland Indians prospects yeah. coming through and you were around Lindor and mm-hmm. Kluber and some of those guys. Did you take anything away from that at that time that you remember that kind of helps you right now? Yeah, um, just work ethic, man. Just okay. to see those guys. With their, were they getting, getting into that after it back oh, then? getting after it, man. Yeah. Just, you know, in a different ways. Uh, you know, Kluber, you know, you know uh, he was after a start or something, he's in the weight room getting his lift in and yeah. doing like mobility stuff and Lindor always taking ground balls. Yeah. You know, he'd be the first one, you know, out, outside doing taking ground balls, and then doing his you know workout stuff. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, because like for me in high school, I'm like working out during baseball season. Yeah. That's a that was a I was like, no, but it's now a different it's, like, level. it's a different but level. They're very disciplined, exactly, and that's the, like being consistent, and that's why you know they're the caliber players that they are. Because yeah. you know, and back then I didn't know, you know, I don't understand it until you got to experience, right? Uh, experience it, and uh, now okay. I got to put that in my game, you know, find my routine, find my things that I'm, like, confident in that gets me right for the game and just trust it. When you're around this environment, last thing, Ronnie, mm-hmm. you're around this environment, how excited do you get to be able to get here at some point within the next year or two? I mean, you're starting to feel yeah. it inside of you, like, man, I'm getting close and I want to be here because this is so fun. Yeah, I mean, that's my thing is that you got to speak things into its existence. You know, if, it, if I don't have the confidence in myself yeah. that I can't, play at this level, then it's who, who else will. Right. So, but I got to put, like, going back to the, you know, work ethic, like, 
you can believe it all you want, but if you're not putting in the work, you know, walk yeah. it how you talk it. I say, yeah. you know, if you're not putting in the work, it just it the game's smart. You know, the game's going. It's going to show you that you're not ready. You, know, you, you, know, you can believe it all you want, but if you're not putting um, the work in, it's going to show. So I believe that I put in the work. I, you know, I challenge myself every day. I, I want to struggle now before the game. Yeah. So when I get in the game, I can trust it and. Um, Whatever happens, happens. But I want to make everything hard, you know, in practice. So when it comes in a game, it's a little, it's a little bit, you know, the game slows down a little bit. All right, that's Ronnie Dawson. Ronnie, uh, enjoyed talking to you. Thanks yeah. for catching up, man. Thank you. Pleased to be joined by Chandler Rome of the Houston Chronicle. Was down in the clubhouse a little earlier. Garrett Stubbs leads it off, and the first pitch to Stubbs is low for a ball. So I know you got a chance to hear from. Uh, Justin Verlander and Forrest Whitley both look very impressive. Six men up, six men down for each of them. Let's start with uh, with Verlander. What what did he have to say about about his performance? I, I think, like I mentioned the last time I was on here, you know, he he and a lot of other pitchers in spring training were working on changeups, and today he and Robinson Chirinos made a concerted effort before the game to throw a little bit more changeups. And uh, Verlander said he threw seven changeups today. And he, in his estimation, there were four that he felt like he executed the way he wanted to execute. Now, he threw 25 pitches and 20 strikes, so there, there's very little room to critique anything here. But I, I guess if Verlander's going to critique anything, it's those three change-ups he didn't, uh, he didn't get over the way he wanted. And then another thing that he wanted to focus on that he said he, he succeeded with was throwing his fastball in on right-handed hitters. And uh, he, he seemed very pleased with the outing as a whole, but he seemed pleased that he was able to to succeed on those two things. You know, that's two things that he normally doesn't do. One one's a strike on the inside corner, one and two. Typically with his fastball, go low and away to the righties or mm-hmm. elevate the fastball. It usually doesn't go in. And then we've talked about the changeup plenty in the last year or so about how he'd love to incorporate that more. He just hasn't found the right grip or right field to be able to execute that pitch on a consistent basis. Right. And I think, too, you know, maybe moving away from that a little bit, Talking to Robinson Chirinos this uh, this camp, you know, obviously new catcher working with Justin Verlander first time in a game setting. Robinson Chirinos does not uh, hide the fact that he struggles to frame the high pitch. Yeah, we were talking and about Justin that. Verlander is a guy that thrives up in the zone. Garrett Cole as well. So I was interested to see today, kind of maybe how Robinson Chirinos and he worked together. And I got to speak to Chirinos a little bit um, about his first real game action with Justin Verlander. And what did he, he say? He seemed like he he, he said that. He, again, I think was a little bit even, not taken aback, but I think he was even a little bit surprised how much preparation Justin Verlander puts into an outing. <laughs> for a two-inning outing for in spring two, training exactly. yeah, in February. And and Verlander even kind of gave uh, Chirinos credit. He's like, I appreciate him coming in and talking with me in the clubhouse you know, two hours before I went on the mound for a spring training game. But they went out and they executed a game plan, change up heavy, getting the fastball in. I'm interested to see, though, as Verlander keeps going and as a lot of these pitchers keep going, whether they – elevate that fastball for Chirinos to try to see if he can solve his framing issues. You know what? The Astros are so good at recognizing how to better people at, at things like that. Stassi's so much better at the low strike now, and he used to not be as, a, as good and as adept as he is now, and he's one of the elite receivers of that low pitch. They can teach him that, and Chirinos can pick it up. Right, and I, and I think we've already sort of seen it. A.J. Hinch said in the beginning of camp they want to move Chirinos' set up a little bit maybe a little bit closer to the plate, move where his gloves place to really, uh, I think A.J. 
the give way the he, umpire a better presentation. The way he sees framing is you kind of have to beat the ball there. You can't wait on the ball to come to you. And I think moving Chirinos is set up just a tad up. We're not talking about a huge drastic move. Just but a few inches. Just a few inches up, and, and that therefore moves the glove up a little bit. You are able, you're able to meet the baseball instead of waiting on the baseball to come to you. Stubbs with a 3-2 count just fouled one off the Mets dugout on the first base side facing Tyler Batchelor, who got into 24 games with the Mets last year. Ready for another 3-2 from the right-hander. 3-3 game, bottom of the six. Here it comes, and Stubbs lifts this one out in the right center field. This is playable for Kazmarski to his right. He's going to be called off, however, by Braxton Lee, the center fielder who makes the catch, and that is out number one as it will bring up Ronnie Dawson, who is 0-2, reached in a fielder's choice and scored in the fourth inning. So talking about Verlander, Forrest Whitley, first uh, Grapefruit League outing for him, first appearance in, in big league camp for him ever. Uh, how, what did he, do you have anything to say about his nerves and, and, and how he was feeling initially? I think he was, I don't think it was nerves as much as it was kind of unfamiliar for him because he, he said he's never, he's never come out of the bullpen. He, he's really never had to come out of the bullpen. This was kind of a different setting for him, having to sit for the first inning and a half and then start warming up toward that end of toward the end of Verlander's second inning and then coming in mid-start. But, you know, uh, Whitley said all of his pitches were working. He, was, he seemed really pleased with the way he threw the ball. Um, you know, me just watching him, and uh, Sparky, you may agree, I didn't think he had great feel for his curveball, but when you've got five pitches and you're missing one and the, and the other four are working, it, it kind of evens itself out. But yeah, I, if, if you have more than two working, you're in business. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought his changeup, his cutter, and his fastball were all looked pretty elite against the hitters he faced. I think I'm always most impressed with a young player, especially somebody that throws hard like that to, to go out there with as much composure as he does and not overthrow. Yeah, and he had a little bit left in the tank, too. He went 95 to get Michael Conforto to end his outing. Mm -hmm. And then Michael Conforto, he's no minor league slouch. I mean, that's a that's an established big league hitter. An all-star. An all-star, yeah. And, and to see Whitley conserve energy, you know, still have that in the back of the tank, knowing he's going to go two innings, having that in the back of the tank to go. He hit 96 in that first inning that he worked, but to come back, he incorporated a little bit more off speed, I thought, in, that se in his second inning of work, but kept that in the tank to went and blow that by Conforto to end his outing on a, on a nice note. Two and two to Ronnie Dawson. Bachelor delivers, and Dawson lifts this one shallow left side toward the line. Espinoza going out. Blanco coming in. Blanco is there to make the grab, and there are two outs. And, you know, we're talking about Chirinos developing that relationship with Justin Verlander. I like that Robinson Chirinos was in there to catch Forrest Whitley as well, uh, someone who figures to, to get a shot at the big leagues this year and get him familiar with the, one of the big league catchers. I asked Robinson Chirinos about Forrest Whitley, and he just smiled, and he said it looked so easy. Yeah. He said how easy it looks for Forrest Whitley to do what he does. And, you know, Chirinos is a veteran guy who's seen a lot of young pitchers. And he even seemed impressed at, at Whitley above them all, just that he's got five pitches that he can go to at any point. And, and Chirinos did sort of agree that the curveball maybe wasn't there today. But, mm. again, when you can go to four other pitches and, and throw them as exceptionally well as, as, as Whitley did, obviously you don't want to glean too much from a first spring training outing. Nope. I think you should assign – the results that Whitley and Verlander, for that matter, both got in the proper perspective. I mean, I don't think we need to take this and run to the hills as if it has any more grand meaning. But to see a guy like Whitley come in in his first real somewhat stressful environment, I don't know if we can consider this stressful, but somewhat. I mean, it's a, it's a, big, league, it's a big league game. And to see him come in and do that was, was very encouraging. I assume A.J. Hinchel will, will agree that it was very encouraging. Breaking ball misses outside, and it's a 1-2 count now to Jack Mayfield, who's 0-2 for 2 
in today's game. Did you get to chat with anyone else when you were down in the clubhouse besides Verlander, Whitley, and Chirinos? Jose Altuve held court with a couple of reporters. I was over talking to Robinson Chirinos while Altuve was talking. I assume, you know, everybody was making sure that Altuve's knee held up, and he flew out twice, and it looked like it held up fine for him. So, uh other than that, no, I talked to the two pitchers and Robinson Chirinos. Little dunker in the right by Mayfield just in front of Kazmarski, and Mayfield picks up a base hit. So he's aboard with two outs. Astros and Mets tied at three in the bottom of the six. Is now a pinch runner for Mayfield. This will be Jonathan Arauz running at first base for Mayfield, whose afternoon comes to an end as Nick Tanalu, who had the big three-run triple in the fourth, uh, comes to the plate. Nick Tanalu has hit some missiles in these first couple games he, he had sure a, has. he had a home run in the on opening night i believe wasn't it and then you know the three run the, the three run triple earlier he's a guy he and abraham toro are probably the the two prospects that have the two position player prospects non-roster guys that have that have impressed the, these first three or four games first pitch is low for a ball anyone who any of the young players who's really surprised you who maybe you didn't know a whole lot about but you've been impressed with what you've seen whether it's been in games or or during workouts i think we we heard about abram toro just because of what he did in the arizona fall league but to mm-hmm. see him come here aj hinch had some good things to say about him today about how he's just kind of a grinder kind of plays above himself and he's going to maximize the most out of his potential and i think you know seeing him in person has sort of affirmed what the stats from the fall league showed that, that this is a guy you know maybe not certainly not a finished product i don't know if we, we know exactly where he may project as a as a major league player positionally but he's a guy that, that works kind of above his head works very hard and he's able to and he's able to move around the field do whatever the, the team wants so obviously toro is really uh kind of backed up what we heard about him in the fall league tantalu ready for a one one Long set by Batchelor. There goes Arauz. Pitches inside, and the ball's dropped by Sanchez on the transfer. It rolls to the backstop, so Arauz steals second easily. Arauz was going on the last pitch before that, but it was fouled off by Tanalu, but gets a steal there. 2-1 to Tanalu. That misses inside. 3-1, and one, talking with Chandler Rome, Astros B-Rider for the Houston Chronicle. You know, getting back to Whitley for a moment, I think deep down in the back of their minds, I think some of the people with the Astros would like to see him struggle not go through a six-up, six-down type of outings where he'd struggle and and watch him work through some of that adversity at a big league setting, especially against some really top hitters. Right, and and A.J. Hinch yesterday, and this you guys may have discussed this earlier, but he's talked about making all of these pitchers uncomfortable. Yeah. He wants to make these these top-end prospects, the Whitleys, the Bukowskises, the Martins of, of camp. He wants to make these guys uncomfortable. And you saw yesterday when he put Erasmo Pinellas in after – the second inning it was technically scheduled to be Corbin Martin to be that that third inning guy but they skipped an inning because he wanted the lineup to turn over and he wanted Corbin Martin to face established major league hitters and the first guy he faces Ozzie Albies so maybe that maybe that is for Whitley in the next outing maybe to see see him against some more experienced major league hitters there's plenty of time for that right and again like we said earlier I don't think we want to draw yeah, I just, I just want to caution people because I've seen a million guys who cruise very well. And when things are going well, they're phenomenal. And I'm not saying this is Whitley, but I'm just saying you never really find out about a, a, a pitcher until he faces, he's in the fire and he faces adversity or even slumps for three weeks, three outings or four outings in a row. It's funny, after Whitley's first live BP of camp, he and A.J. Hinch sat in the dugout after it was done for about 10 minutes. And the crux of that conversation was A.J. Hinch was giving him situations like 
if you're if your command's all over the place, if you're you're in Yankee Stadium, there's forty thousand people yelling at you, and the game gets sped up a little bit. What is your safe pitch? What are you going to do? What is your contingency plan? And he told him it was a cutter, and I think you think that kind of alludes to what you were talking about, Steve. That they want guys that are able to, you know, work out of jams, be able to not panic when when things are going awry. An error charge to Sam Haggerty as Stephen Wren. Nick Tanelu walked. Stephen Wren then hit a chopper to third that Haggerty threw wide to first. Vasquez tried to stay on the bag but wasn't able to. So an error on Haggerty. That loads the bases for the Astros as Arauz goes to third. And Tanelu is now at second for Aledmiz Diaz batting for the second time. He grounded out his first time up. Pitch by Tyler Batchelor, and that's hit foul into the screen. Strike one. Where is Diaz playing, Robert? He was he, I had left. Yeah, he's DHing. He's, he's in Altuve's spot. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's one of the questions too. Is you want to see Al, uh, whether Diaz can be that utility guy? Right. And I asked, and AJ Hinch has to kind of balance this. You know, he wants to expose Diaz to a lot of different defensive positions, but he's also an established major league player. You don't want to overwork the guy. So you may see Aledmus Diaz come in the middle of some games to to go play left field or whether it's second base, third base, first base. Um, you know, A.J. Hinch doesn't maybe want to start him as much, but he wants to get him as much exposure as possible. So you see him come in in the middle of games. You may see him move defensive positions between innings. Swing and a miss at a breaking ball, and it's 1-2 and two now to Aledmi's Diaz. 3-3 three, three game, Astros and Mets tied. Astros have the bases loaded with two outs here in the bottom of the six. These are the ty- types of situations that Alebmis Diaz could find himself in quite a bit this year, coming off the bench perhaps. The 1-2. Ground ball foul up the third baseline, and it remains a 1-2 count. I've always felt he was the type of hitter who hits good pitching. You know, whether it be a closer or whatever, he's going to at least give you a good at bat against good pitching. Garrett Cole had to face him in a live BP earlier this spring training, and he's told A.J. Hinch the day before, when I was in the Central, I could never get a Ledmus Diaz out. I hated to face him. Here's the 1-2. And Diaz lifts this one out in the left center field fairly deep. Blanco and Lee both going back. Blanco with a play, step in front of the track, makes the grab, and the inning is over. Astros load him up but fail to score. Chandler Rome, Houston Chronicle, thank you so much for joining us. Yep, thanks, guys. Astroline, the official off-season hot stove show for your Houston Astros. We're live from Duffy's Sports Grill for the very first time down at West Palm Beach. Listen in as Steve Sparks and Robert Ford host an hour-long show with your favorite Astros of today and yesterday. And our special guest this evening is George Springer. Jeff Bagwell, it's a lot of fun. Good to see you. Good to see you, Sparky. It's uh, it's great to be here. Astroline, exclusively on the Houston Astros Radio Network.